Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how is it going? We had some special events this week. It was Halloween this week and it was someone's birthday. So how did you celebrate, you know, the Day of the Dead and uh, your day of birth, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was a it was a great uh, kind of a weekend you know, my birthday is always on, it's the day after Halloween every year. That's kind of how yeah. birthdays work. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's always a lot of fun because people are very festive and everyone's, you know, dressing up and stuff. And I always get, get, get kind of, uh, a vibe, you know, high off of that. So that was, it was a great day though, you know, and it was a milestone birthday. I'm officially in the over 40 club, which freaks me out a little bit, but it's much better than it was last week. I think last week I was probably in like, full midlife crisis mode. I was ready to like buy a ridiculous car and shave my head or, you know, you know, maybe not shave my head, give myself bangs, you know, very, very, uh, Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. ill-advised decisions that one makes when they're panicking and faced with their mortality. So, but yesterday was great. It was a really fun day. Um, saw, saw some cool movies. I actually, I am the queen of really bad eighties musicals. And mm-hmm. so one uh, that just squeaks in there, I think it was actually filmed in, and released in 1990. It's called Rockula. It's pretty bad, but I think it's okay. free now on Amazon Prime or Netflix, if, if that's uh, something anyone's ever interested in. The music is very 1990, um, and it's a really silly story, but my son liked it. So uh, we, yeah. watched, we watched it together, and of course, he's really into dancing around with the musical so we did that yesterday it was lots of fun and jumanji right there were the jumanji Mm -hmm. saga they made they made a game (laughs) yes yes and i uh i ended up playing this game with my son which was interesting because i don't think uh i I remember when the robin williams movie came out Mm -hmm. they had a jumanji game and it was real boring i think i bought it and i played it one time but this game was actually kind of kind of cool. So if you if you're into the Jumanji thing and you got you got small kids, I don't think it's really I mean, it's not for adults. It's definitely kind of a family friendly thing mm-hmm. uh, to make it fun. But but that's what I did. That's what I did on my that's what I got up to on my birthday. What about you? Have you seen anything cool? Uh, that is excellent. So so, yeah, so is Halloween this weekend. So we watched some scary movies, watched Halloween kills. Not great. Watch Gremlins, which is arguably a Christmas movie, but it's kind of scary and it has fun little monsters in there. We hadn't watched it in a long time. So, uh, watched that. We watched, uh, midnight mass on Netflix, watched through that. Uh, it's pretty crazy and creepy. It's like the, uh, haunting on Hill house people, I think did it. 
Um, so yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it left you scratching your head a couple times about the decisions that were being made on there, but you know, all good horror shows should do that <laughs> at some point yeah. or, or another sure. for sure. So, so did that. So, but, uh, you know, all weekend I was faced with a pressing question. So Halloween, October 31st, your birthday, September or November the 1st, uh, did you like as a child, was it like one long, like tummy ache from sugar and <laughs> cake and ice creams? You know, I never experienced the tummy ache with the the sugar. Um, apparently that's like a real thing. My son experienced it at least once this weekend where he had too many pieces of uh, Reese's pieces, buttercups or something. And he was like, I don't feel so great. That never happened to me, which explains a lot. Like if you see me now, um, I never get sick. So I just shove all the chocolate and <laughs> okay. sugar and I just, but the high is really bad. I do feel like the sugar high that rubs off and then you're grumpy uh, and you're okay. angsty. Yeah. Uh, that happens now probably because I'm in the over 40 club. Yeah, that's that's fair. And I will say after eating a lot of candy, airheads were my uh, candy of choice this Halloween, uh, that my sugar buzz also is wearing off. And, you know, it's the week now. It's time to get back to work because these newspapers aren't going to sell themselves, Michaela. Yeah. Well, is it a good headline today? Well, headlines don't sell papes, Michaela. Drink the movies sells papes. Uh, That's but, right. But if, if we're going to do any selling or working at all, uh, we're going to need a cocktail. So why don't we take a quick break and we will be back to talk about it. So this week's cocktail uh, comes from Pinterest. I never thought I'd say that. I'll tell you yeah. uh, for sure. Um, it is called the Newsboy. And if you look this up, if you go to Google and you look up Newsies cocktail, you're going to see that it totally doesn't um, have any amounts in the ingredient mm -hmm, list. Mm -hmm. So I have to say this was a lot of fun um, and also a little frustrating because we had to kind of uh, concoct a few iterations of this to get it right. But I am happy to say that we did do it. <laughs> um, we, we did do it. Yeah. <laughs> it took uh, it took some different levels of grenadine um, and sugar <laughs> to figure it, it out. It, it took a it took a few iterations to uh, kind of nail this one down. I will say that Pinterest is really good for arts and crafts, you know, things like that. Decorating tips, not great for cocktails because they're very uh, inconsistent on the quality and the quality of the written recipe. I will say, plus you have to sign into Pinterest like 19 times to see anything, uh, which is always kind of annoying. But but yeah, this this one uh, this one foots the bill for this week's film. Uh, you know, which is which is Newsies. We are kicking off musical month here because, you know, November's full of musicals and we're full of music in our hearts. Um, and this cocktail, you know, embraces this week. So it's it's got Jack in it, you know, just like this week's film. And it's kind of sweet, um, kind of kind of mediocre. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's it's you know, it's not my favorite, but it gets the job done and it gets us started. And musical month the right way, I think. That's Michaela. right. Look, if you were a young boy in, you know, Manhattan, New York City in 1899 facing a strike and you were starving 
uh, but you wanted to get a little buzz going, uh, I imagine that this probably fit the bill. I don't think these ingredients existed back then. <laughs> Many of this, maybe it did. I don't know. Lemon juice. We had to, we definitely had lemons in 1899, but yeah. Um, I don't know if uh, if you could have made this drink back in the day, but I definitely think it would have done the trick because it had this great mix of sweetness and, of course, the Jack Daniels uh, to to get it going. So let's dive into it. So this this drink only has four ingredients, so it's pretty easy mm-hmm. to make. Yep. And those four ingredients, as you said, are Jack Daniels, lemon juice, grenadine, and then a splash, just a splash of Perrier. So Mm -hmm. the first time I made this, I think we did two ounces of Jack Daniels, half an ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of grenadine. And then I put that in a rocks glass with some ice. And then I didn't do a splash. I like did a topper. Uh, It was probably a good three ounces of Mm -hmm. Perrier, which was too much. Um, It was not sweet enough. Now you had looked at at this recipe as well in other places than Pinterest. I was not able to find it anywhere else, but mm-hmm. apparently you did. And they suggested actually having a, yeah. Yeah. had some simple syrup added to it syrup, to, right. to give it a little bit of, bit of sweetness. And I think that that would have helped out a lot. So the second iteration, which I think was, was much better and kind of where we landed on, you know, and then had a, a couple of these while we were watching the film. But uh, so we went with two, da- two ounces of the Jack Daniels, uh, one ounce of the grenadine, a half ounce of the lemon juice, and then just just literally just like a splash of Perrier, just so you get a little bit of uh, carbonation into it. Just gives the drink a little bit of body. If you don't have Perrier, you could always just use uh, club soda because that's basically the same thing. Um, and you know, do that. We threw a cherry in it because it looks nice. Um, and and yeah, it ended up it it was okay. Like I I didn't have any problems. It was okay. I didn't have any problems with the drink. Like it was fine and it was fine to drink, but I wasn't like, oh man, I'm going to have Jack Daniels and grenadine all the time now. That's, that's my new jam. Cause that's <laughs> yeah. not the case. No. I mean, I think it's one of those you, once you get the, the grenadine level correct. And I think we ended up, like you said, we added it. So we ended up doing an ounce of grenadine on our next trial and really adhering to the directions, which was a splash of Perrier that made it a lot better. Um, it's probably not one I would do all night. I will say mm-hmm. it was, it was good for one or two drinks. Um, kind of like an amaretto sour in that, you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty rare that I w- I've done that all night, um, maybe once or twice in my life. And those were, those were epic evenings, but for the most part, because it can be so sweet by the end of the third one, you're going to have that kind of coated tongue mouth feel that, you know, some people may love, uh, mm-hmm. you know, definitely if you're, you know, I don't know, under the age of 15 and you're selling papers, you probably would love it and it'd be great. So, yeah, that, that's right. You'll need something to uh, deal, you know, with your, uh, you know, your boss, uh, Joseph Pulitzer, I guess, if you're, yeah. if you're selling papers in 1899, but yeah, yeah this, drink, this drink was okay. If you have, if you have these ingredients and you probably do, most people, you know, have Jack Daniels or some other kind of, you know, American whiskey and then the uh, grenadine uh, it's, it's worth giving a giving it a try. Like I said, it's fine. Uh, not one I'm going to come back to, but, but yeah, give it a shot and let us know what you think about it. And if you make one, we want to see it, but I will we say have... if you loved a seven and seven, then you would really like this drink. Cause it's at about the same sweetness factor. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. So, well, Michaela, we have these made, we have our newspapers, so we better take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about this week's film newsies. 
spoiler warning for Newsies. If you've not yet watched this 1992 classic that no one saw, press pause, go find it on Disney+. Plus. We're talking about the movie, not the Broadway show. Both can be found on Disney+. Plus. But mm-hmm. Watch the correct one starring Christian Bale. Come back, make yourself a newsboy with the right amounts of grenadine, and we can chat about it. Yeah, that's right. So grab your drink and get on Disney Plus and watch it. Uh, Newsies came out in 1992. It was directed by Kenny Ortega, uh, who you will know from other kind of musical things. Uh, He did like the High School Musical uh, series. That was uh, Kenny Ortega there. Um, And this one stars Bill Pullman, Robert Duvall, and Margaret, and the aforementioned young plucky upstart, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. So Funny story about Christian Bale, right? So if you didn't know this, well, you probably did, but if a person didn't know that he was more than uh, just Batman, uh, he he's mm. actually really uh, an amazing actor, right? He's touched a lot of things and he did Empire of the Sun many years before this. And I think he actually won his first, he definitely got nominated. I don't know if he won um, an Oscar at Academy Award for it. So for me, it was kind of interesting because I remember seeing him in the 1987 film Empire of the Sun, and then he went away. He did. He did not get nominated for Empire of the he Sun. He didn't get nominated. Are you kidding? I I kid you not. Oh my I'm gosh, afraid. that makes uh, me so sad because he's amazing in that film. Oh well, it was 1987. It was when I was about six years old. I'm not privy to all the gossip <laughs> before I became like 13. So. Um, I, so so bad on me. I'm sorry, Christian Bale, if you're hearing this, you totally should have been nominated at least because your performance in that movie is amazing. But anyways, he leaves like, but that I, I saw him in that. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it and it was only five years later, but he looks like he's 10 years older because he his his you know, he's changed. He's, you know, it's those really important mm-hmm. five years as a teenager for him. So it's, it feels like he went away for 10 years and came back, but it was not. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just a couple of years. Yeah. And then he basically looks the same, you know, all the way up through, you know, American psycho and into, into Batman and things like he didn't change yeah. his appearance very much in that, in that time frame. But yeah, this is kind of his, um, you know, empire of the sun, a uh, really great role for him, but this was kind of his first shot at, uh, you know, leading, leading a film, I guess you could say. Uh, uh, and it's this musical, Newsies. Certainly his first, certainly his first musical, right? His, his first foray into uh, singing and dancing, for sure. So uh, so Newsies starts up, it's a true, it's based on a true story um, set in 1899. Um, and it's about a, a strike for the newspaper boys in New York City. Uh, you know, back in the day, the newspaper boys would go and buy their newspapers and then resell them on the streets. And that's, you know, kind of the crux of what this story is about. So it gets started. You'll see all the newsboys. Um, they're kind of like laying around in this bed. You get the feeling that a lot of them are, are you know, homeless and, you know, you know, uh, out of money, you know, away from their families, that kind of thing. They're at like this uh, boarding house kind of a thing. And, you know, it kicks right off with a good musical number as musicals are one to do. And we are introduced to Jack, who is uh, played by Christian Bale. He is our main character, our protagonist in the story. He's kind of the de facto head of the Manhattan newsies as it were, um, and is going to kind of lead the way as we get into, you know, the crux of the story here, which, which is about kind of this uh, newspaper boy strike. 
Yeah. And the opening scene, I think, really carries a lot of this film. I um, love watching this opening sequence where you, it's about, I don't know, six or seven minutes long. It's a very long song, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're all getting ready in the morning. They're going out and getting their papers. Um, They kind of all have to go to this one kind of newspaper warehouse and go and set their money aside and grab the papers to go sell them for the day. And then they're looking at the headlines and trying to see how much money they're going to be able to make. And, you know, it was, it was hard. And this is based in truth um, because they couldn't sell back any papers Mm -hmm. to the newspaper. So they had to eat whatever they didn't sell. So everything was based on, you know, is the headline any good is, you know, what's, what's on the, the funnies, you know, where, and, you know, the whole song is about what makes a good story and who does it. And, you know, they carry the banner there. There is physically a banner where the, the newsies kind of go carry it while they're holding their papers, trying to sell it. And mm-hmm. papers were only one penny back in the day. I yeah. bought some newspaper recently because it was uh, pumpkin carving time and I'm an old school person. And my Sunday paper was like $5. So just to give you an idea of how inflation works. Uh, yeah. Penny a pape, man. Yeah, that's right. And now you can, you get your newspaper online. You don't even get a real newspaper anymore, but yeah, back, back then they were, uh, they were selling them and that's kind of where the, where the song leaves off, right. Is where they're buying these papers, getting started for the day. Um, and we're introduced to kind of our next character. His name is David. Um, and he's going to be Jack's kind of kind of friend, kind of confidant, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of like the pair that's, that's leading the way. Jack's kind of the more street smart, suave, you know, more, uh, leadership oriented of the kids, but David is, you know, he's kind of the more intelligent one, the more practical one. He's, he's the one that can, you know, say the right things and get them on his side. Now, David is played by David Moscow and he was young Josh and big, which is awesome. Yeah so good uh i was so glad to see that he did some more work because um he's done quite a few movies actually but it was it's great to see him again in this role and he plays this really um kind of level-headed person he's really logical he has a way of making an argument versus you know jack is you know much more emotional um, mm-hmm. And so there's there's moments because they decide to kind of go on strike, and David really is the one that provides the words and the 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 thinking. And Jack Kelly kind of goes up, and he's got all of the bravado, and you know this, you know we'll get him, you know we'll soak him if we don't, you know if they don't want to hear us, we're gonna make them hear us. And but it's all you know, so they they complement each other really well, but they're from very different worlds, right? It's because Jack Kelly has spent a lot of time in. Uh, the new, you know, on the streets or in the refuge, which we learn more about. Mm-hmm. And David, yeah. he's like this big brother, right? Who's got a family and yeah, he's he's just out there selling papers because his dad's hurt, so he's off of work, so he's trying to, you know, make some money for the for the family. But but yeah, you talked about the refuge, and that's kind of what what happens on this first day. So they're selling their newspapers and we, we meet the, uh, the warden of this refuge. It's like a juvenile detention center for, for these little kids, these runaways and things. So they're getting, they're getting locked up, uh, very similar to today. So the warden's out because, uh, he makes money 
based on the number of kids that are in there. So he's trying to get uh, Jack back in this refuge. Uh, they don't really ever go into, you know, why Jack was in there in the first place. And, and that's not really that important. But uh, so we, we learn about that. We, you know, we meet the warden. We find out about the refuge. Uh, they're kind of running through the city, um, which is always fun in these musical things, you know, because they're kind of kind of dancing around, going through all of these different sets. And they end up in this um, uh, kind of, uh, it's like a, uh, I don't know, like a playhouse kind of a thing. Um, yeah. And we meet and we meet uh, Meta, who's played by uh, Anne Margaret. They go in there to hide out. You have the feeling that her and Jack have a little bit of history. She's kind of like a kind of like a mother figure, I guess, to to Jack. And they kind of hide out, hide out in there while they're on the run from the warden. But outside, uh, you know, when they leave for the evening, they're burning down a trolley because the trolley workers are on strike. Uh, and that. I guess kind of plants the seed for what's about to come as the uh, newsies get pinned up against the wall here. Yeah. So a lot's happening in New York at this time, right? So you got uh, for anybody that, that doesn't, that doesn't hadn't studied this in school. Cause I hadn't uh, until I saw this film was there are a lot of kids workers, right. That are not just selling newspapers, but they're doing a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a strong unionized uh, group. This is really when that whole foothold started to take um, hold in America, where it was, if you were a worker in a Uh, in a plant or in a manufacturing facility and you got hurt, they would just fire you, which is exactly what happens to David's dad, David and Les's dad, right? And so that's why they are finding themselves at the young ages of like 10 and 15 going to sell papers because they, this, this, their father didn't have any rights. It's very different than it is today because a bunch of people got really angry and decided to unionize and go on strike. So this was happening in the trolley um, Mm -hmm. industry. And the owner of the Globe, and which is a newspaper that these these boys are selling, and he's really angry, right? Um, there's a bunch of scenes where, and he's played beautifully by Robert Duvall. Um, he's talking to his confidence, and he's like, "I don't know how we're going to win this war against Hearst." Um, Hearst Pulitzer. was was it Pulitzer? Because there's yep. well. There's a lot of them that they, that we, and we end up meeting all of them in a card game later, but yes, Pulitzer, he's really mad because they're, he's in this huge war and he's like, I, we've got to make more money. We've got to, you know, what's going on where, and he's looking at the headlines, just like the newsies are. And he's like, mm-hmm. we, our net headline sucks. We're talking about how a uh, trolley, you know, strike is dragging on and the guy, you know, our competitor has got, you know, dead bodies on the front, on the front page. And so they're going to sell a lot more papers. How are we going to do this? And so one of his, one of his accountants uh, asks and brings up the idea about, hey, why don't we charge the newsies a little bit more money? Because we could make it, you know, a lot more if we charge them. And basically they're not, they, they just have to take a hit. And it doesn't sound like much of a hit. It's only tenth, a tenth of a penny for a paper. So it's going to cost you another 10 cents on the dollar, right? But it's mm-hmm. going to add up. And the newsies have to pay for their own room and board, even though it's at a, it might be at a discounted rate. Um, many of them are, are, are homeless. So they hear about this the next day and they lose their minds. They're like, how can you do this to us? You just don't care. And 
you know, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's, he's like, whatever y'all, y'all, what are you going to do? And that's when David and Jack come up with the idea that, Hey, they can strike just like the trolley workers. That's right. Yeah. So they say they're going to go on strike. Um, you know, and, and some of the newsies are like, we can't go on strike. We don't have a union. And they're like, well, if we, if we go on strike, then we are a union. Uh, so that's kind of, that's the the bulk of the story here is, you know, that these uh, newsies are going on strikes. So they are, they're going to go on strike, but they need to get kind of the other boroughs of New York kind of, you know, to fall in line with them. You know, it's not going to work if just this one, you know, small group of newsies go on strike. They all have to. Um, and uh, so you get uh, the scene of them. They go down to Brooklyn, which I guess is, you know, this other <laughs> kind of a faction of newsies, I guess, very, very well respected, at least, you know, in terms of, of this musical. And they're all kind of waiting to see, uh, you know, what the Brooklyn newsies are going to do. Are they going to go on strike too? Um, you actually get a really cool scene of them going across the Brooklyn bridge and it pulls yeah. like way back in from the bridge. I don't really know how they did it back in 1992. Um, it was probably just like a matte painting that they kind of zoomed in on. I'm not really sure, but uh, it was really cool. Um, but they go down, they talk to the Brooklyn kids. They say, well, we may go on strike if you guys can prove that you're serious about the strike. And it turns out they are serious about the strike. Right. So they're going in, yeah. they, they, uh, they keep saying they're going to like wet them down or something. So they're basically going and, you know, as the newspapers are coming in, they're destroying the papers. They're, you know, standing up against the uh, scabs that are coming in to try to sell uh, papers underneath of them. Uh, and, you know, about this time we're introduced to our next character. So it's Bill Pullman. He's playing Brian Denton who works for the New York sun, um, and he's there to kind of document and, you know, uh, write, you know, newspaper articles about this strike and what's going on, uh, with the newsboys here. Yeah. And there's a great, um, there's a great song that they all kind of sing and they're after their first big kind of brouhaha with, you know, the, the law and they, you know, tear up a bunch of the papers and the, they get a couple of shots, uh, pictures of the, this, you know, newsboy group where they sing about if, you know, if their names are in the papers, they're going to be famous and they're going to have their 15 minutes of fame. And, mm -hmm. uh, Bill Pullman sings a little bit, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah. he's, he's not half bad. Um, I wish they utilized, uh, him a little bit more, I think, because he could have, he definitely could have, uh, could have held his own. Um, yeah, it's a really it's it's an interesting dynamic because he was a war correspondent, this character, Brian Denton, and he is the one who's saying, look, you guys have to continue if you want this to work. And this is much bigger than anybody thinks it is because you're not just a bunch of newsboys because you were young. You could really inspire the youth workers of New York to take mm -hmm. a stand and they're being treated really horribly, not just as newspaper workers, but people working in factories and manufacturing sites and, um, you know, cl clothiers and all, all of the things that were going on, you know, you could be eight years old working. There were no child labor laws back then. And so he mm -hmm. is saying, look, you know, that's why Hertz and Pulitzer are freaking out because once you catch this fire, um, you know, this, 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 this hope that you bring that, Hey, we don't have to take this. We don't have to be treated badly. 
you know, next people are going to say, well, I want healthcare rights. Like, oh my right. gosh, I want a, I want a, a, a minimum wage. Oh my gosh, we can't possibly <laughs> have that. We need these people to be working as basically slaves and not treating them well at all. So, you know, I really like Bill Pullman's character in this because, um, and he, you know, he had only been in a couple of movies before this. So it was mm-hmm. really kind of a breakout role for him as well. Um, he um, goes out uh, on a limb and he helps when they all get arrested. He helps to try and uh, bail all of them out. Um, they end up having this big meeting at Meta Meta's um kind of show house, right? She owns this vaudeville kind of place and it's where they hang out and where they hide out from uh, Mr. Snyder who owns the refuge. But Mm -hmm. she ends up inviting all of the newsies of New York into this house, um, into this, you know, theater to basically talk about, you know, what they, what they really want, what their demands are going to be. And of course um, there's really tough scene because they are infiltrated by, you know, Mr. Snyder, the folks in the refuge, like the police show up and take Mm -hmm. so many of them to jail. And, you know, Brian Denton's character is able to go and bail all of them out, except for Jack Kelly, because... Yeah, Jack gets Jack gets his to... <laughs> his uh his own trouble, right? So yeah, uh, so he ends up getting sent back to the refuge, uh, aka juvenile detention, because uh, I guess his charges were uh, were more serious than the other kids. Um, so he goes. Um, they set up a meeting uh, with Pulitzer uh, and him because Pulitzer knows that if he can, you know, kind of snuff this kid out of you know, this uh, newspaper boy strike that the rest of the kids are going to, it's all going to kind of fall apart. Right. So they have, have a meeting and he tells, and he tells Jack, he's like, you know, just, just stop this, go back to work. And then once this is, you know, kind of swept under the rug, I'll pay for you. You can get out of here. Um, Jack's been talking about going out, out West to Santa Fe, which is where his family is. Um, you think that that's probably just something that's in his imagination. I don't know that that's, that's probably true. Um, but he sings a whole song about it, steals a horse, rides around on it in town. Uh, so that's pretty fun, but, but yeah, so Jack ends up, you know, going scab. He has to look out for himself and he's, he's kind of taking it on the chin because he doesn't want anything else bad to happen to the other, other newsies, I guess. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's what he's doing, but uh, he's not going to be able to keep this bottled up. There's too much street in Jack um, and he's going to he's going to end up getting back into the fight. Yeah, well, not only that, um, when I was rewatching this, I was I'd forgotten kind of what made him turn back because he does end up, you know, getting the nice clothes and he ends up working for Pulitzer for like a day or half a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And the whole Newsy group, they're so upset right? They're, they're yelling at him. They're like, you lied to us. And of course, David is saying, well, that's fine. We don't need you. And that's when the tension kind of comes between David and Jack. Cause Jack's like, well, you never had, you know, you never had the gumption to say anything. You said things. And then I was the one who stood on stage and said them. And mm-hmm. David's like, well, not anymore. We're never going to trust anybody, but the newsies. And, but all it really takes is there are these two uh, kind of scruffs that work for the newspaper called the Delancey brothers. And mm-hmm. they kind of start targeting 
uh, David and Les and David and Les have a really pretty sister that Jack Kelly seems to fancy. And yeah. they kind of, they follow her, they kind of follow her down this dark alley and they, you know, try and, you know, mess with her. And that's when Jack kind of, uh, comes uh, to his senses, like, hey, I, I can't just turn a blind eye to all of this thing, these things that are happening. Like, this is much bigger than me. And it doesn't matter if I can't get to Santa Fe, I guess. So he kind of joins back up with them and they end up going back to Brian Denton's um, apartment. He's packing up because, you know, the this brouhaha that happened where they all met at the theater has kicked up a huge fuss because all of the kind of media moguls at the time. So you had Emerson, you had Hearst, you had Pulitzer, they're all playing cards when this is happening. And they're Mm -hmm. all talking about, Hey, you know, someone's going to cover this strike and we're not going to print anything about it. And if it doesn't happen in the press, it doesn't happen. And so they, Brian Denton works for the sun and the head of the sun comes to Brian and says, Hey, look, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to post this or print this. Uh, we're not, you're not going to write any more on this strike. We're actually going to send you back out and be a war correspondent again, which is actually kind of, kind of terrifying. And it could be a death sentence. I mean, it was 1899. So I'm not sure yeah. uh, what wars were going on, but, but it, it doesn't sound like it's real. Um, it's a, it's a promotion <laughs> by any, yeah. by any stretch. So yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound great for sure. So they go over, they go over and talk to him and yeah, like you'd said, you know, um, that you had said earlier, right. If, if the, if the press doesn't cover it, if it's not in the newspaper, it didn't really happen, uh, which was true in 1899. It's true in 2021. Um, and so, you know, how are you going to get this news out? So Brian Denton says, well, you're, you're the newsies, you know how to get newspapers out there. So what you need to do is you need to make your own newspaper because no one else is going to talk about your strike. Um, you're basically just, you know, floundering around in the water until, you know, people either get tired of not eating or, you know, enough scabs cross the line to uh, take your jobs. Um, but that is so, so they need to print their own, own paper. Now, luckily, there's a printing press available um, to Jack because, you know, Jack has, you know, turned, he started working for Pulitzer. Uh, he's been put up in like the basement of the, uh, I guess the, the newspaper office or whatever. It's a very creepy, uh, looking basement, I will say. And he's sleeping on like a bed with no mattress on it and stuff like that. But there is an old printing press down there. Uh, so who, who better printing press to use to make your own newspaper than Pulitzer's own press, right? His original press. So that's what they do. They go in and they work all night and they put up the, uh, the newspaper. It's called like the, the newsies viewers banner. Yeah. The newsies banner. Um, they put it, they put it all together and they print out about a billion copies of these, it looks like, and start passing them out the window and, uh, yeah, time to spread the word. Right. Uh, you actually, you actually get really cool, um, scenes, right? Cause yeah, you, you know, it's 1899. So you see all the, all the newsboys are going around to these other, you know, these other child, <laughs> child laborers, you know, and these mm-hmm. working in these smelts and things. And they're just going up to these kids and asking them if they can read. And if they can, they hand them a newspaper and tell them to read this. Um, and that gets, that gets the word out, you know, for the, for the newsies revolution, but also, yeah, just, uh, just child labor in general. So. Yep. Yeah. It's a really cool scene. Um, you know, the, for a musical, and I think we might've touched on this earlier, but for a musical, there's not a lot of, uh, 
new songs, right? So there's a mm-hmm. couple of songs that they kind of reinvent over throughout the the whole show. And so this one is actually really, really nice. It's called Once and For All. And they're, you know, it's got this really cool uh kind of downbeat in the background where they're they're having to kind of rock as they mm-hmm. work on this printing press, right? And it all kind of matches. It's really kind of neat the way they put it together. Um, and they go all over this city. Um, and so all of these kids end up showing up and it's not, so it's not just the Newsies from the East side and Brooklyn, but it's all of these kids that are starting to rise up and say, Hey, this isn't right. Um, you know, we should be paid correctly. You, you're stiff in the Newsies and you're also not treating us well. And so Pulitzer is, you know, bombarded with, I don't know, it looks like a hundred thousand kids are like outside. <laughs> they've all got, right. they've all got signs now. And it was really kind of inspired. Um, the way it is. Cause if you read some of the signs, they're actually pretty progressive, even for 1992, where they're like, Hey, women, women have rights, you know, women, mm-hmm. you know, child work. It was really kind of neat. Um, and I hadn't noticed that before seeing this, uh, seeing it this time, but you know, Robert Duvall's character, he's got this really amazing beard and he's, you know, he, he's not super old in 1992, Robert Duvall, you know, he's aged um, very nicely, but he looks like he's losing his mind. He's like, shut up, everybody yeah. go home. He's very he look, angry. <laughs> he looks like his eyeball is going to pop out, basically, yeah, is, yeah. is what he looks like. Yeah, but uh, they're able to meet uh, and kind of come to an agreement, but not before um, Pulitzer looks at the sheet of paper that is being that that was printed and he's looking at it really up close and he's like how did you get to print this i made sure nobody was going to be able to print anything about this strike how who defied this order and of course jack kelly says well i just want to thank you because i i I printed it on the best printer (laughs) so (laughs) it was really kind of great um but they end up striking a deal right now you don't see the particulars of what that deal is in this movie but just mm-hmm. so everybody knows, um, they ended up uh, striking a deal where they could buy back the papers. Um, so mm-hmm. they they were kind of, they were okay with the ten cent or the tenth of a penny hike as long as they could sell the papers back that they didn't um, that they didn't end up selling to the public. And so mm-hmm. they which, come, which if you've ever worked somewhere that sells newspapers is still how that works. So that is amazing. Um, yes, so. It was really cool. Uh, so everything is is kind of this. There's the, there's this big fanfare at the end where they're like, "Yeah, we did it, and we can do anything." And you know, there's this kind of trope um, at the beginning where Jack Kelly, you know, he's not that's not his real name. Uh, he really his real name is Francis Sullivan. This guy Snyder from the refuge. He's been looking for him when he went and got picked up by the police during that big rally. Uh, Snyder said, hey, you know, he was a thief or something else. And so he mm-hmm. really needed to get go back to the refuge and be there till he was 21. But there's this underlying kind of story arc around the refuge and how it's really horrible. They're um, they're not fed. They're not taken care of. And um, Snyder just looks and lives kind of a life of luxury based on these poor kids that are in this in this place. And Jack Kelly had escaped by crawling in the back of Theodore Roosevelt's uh, Theodore Roosevelt's 
coach, right? Carriage, and so, yeah. yeah, his back of his carriage. Well, he makes an appearance at the end of this as uh, because now he's the governor and he ends up becoming the president, but this is before then. And mm-hmm. he uh, goes ahead and takes Jack Kelly on a ride on his carriage, tells him he can go anywhere he wants. And of course, Jack Kelly has been dreaming of Santa Fe, his old friend for a very long time. So he thinks he's going to go to the train yard uh, and go ahead and get, get a ticket out of town, which leaves the newsies really kind of devastated. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, wait a minute, we just won this whole thing and now you're leaving. Yeah, you're watching it. And uh, yeah, Jack's just like, all right, let's go. He doesn't say goodbye. You know, doesn't doesn't wave, doesn't look at anyone. Everyone's like crying because Jack's leaving. But uh, it's just a big fake out because they just go around the block. And of course, Jack comes back. He never really had any intentions of going to Santa Fe. He is a New York kid, tried and true. He is back to everyone's uh, relief and happiness. Sarah's there, the the girl of his affections, uh, you know, uh what's his name uh his sister yeah david's david's sister uh she's there she's happy david's little brother he's happy uh david's happy every everyone's happy that jack came back they're happy they they won the strike um they break out into song uh seize the day uh choral reprise of that i believe is how how it ends and that's how we uh that's how we uh conclude the the great newspaper strike of yeah. 18 1899 michaela yes that's how we did it and you know yeah it's very sad the first time i saw this was uh it's not sad it's interesting because the first time i saw this i thought this film was going to hit it so big and mm-hmm. unfortunately uh it did not now mm-hmm. what it did do i think the set direction is pretty impressive um yeah the like sets said, are ama- the sets are amazing I, and I, I think, love the way they recreated uh, New York and, you know, just on these, you know, the practical sets where they're actually moving around with and just a lot of like matte paintings. It, it looks, it looks great. Yeah. And I do think from a, uh, like a choreography standpoint, it's actually pretty well done. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of kind of classic um, musicality in the the show um, but it cost a lot of money to make this film. It cost something like $15 million, right? Mm-hmm. And it did not make anything like that, unfortunately. No, it, uh, it only, it only recouped about $2 million of that, uh, which is horrible. Um, I think it's, I think it's either the first or the second worst performing Disney film of all time, uh, which, which is interesting to, to think about because I re- I remember I, this came out in 1992, so we would have been, you know, 10 or 11 years old, I guess, depending on what time of year this came out, came out in. And it seemed to me like Newsies was a pretty big deal. Like, I, I remember seeing and hearing about it. And maybe it's just because we were of that age. Like, I remember we did Newsies songs and choir in high school. So, I mean, it had had its place, like, in the, the ethos of, you know, musicals. Uh, but I don't, but yeah, it, this thing just bombed terribly. It uh, did. You know, and and the fifteen million dollars is a lot if you adjust that for inflation. That's like thirty million dollars now, which Ooh. which is which is quite a lot. I looked um in the Heights, which just came out, uh you know last year the Le Manuel Miranda. That one I think was like fifty million dollars. So, so so yeah, so that's that's a lot of money. You have to you have to figure Robert Duvall probably made more <laughs> on the movie right. than the movie made itself. So yeah. Probably. And, but you know, what's interesting though, is if you did love uh, the 1992 version of the Newsies, you only had to wait like 20 years 
And you got a Broadway version of this that changes a bunch of the characters. It adds a couple more songs because this film as a musical, it's kind of light on the songs, but um, they uh, they kind of rejigged and, and added a couple of different things. Um, to it and it became a really big hit. It did like a thousand shows on Broadway, which is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. um, so it recouped some of its money perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it, it opened on Broadway in 2012. But yeah, I think I think in the movie, I think there's eight songs, but two of them are songs that um, Anne Margaret does, which are kind of like half songs. Like I don't even consider them to be like songs as part of the, part of the musical, but I, and I think looking back i you know hindsight's 2020 but they probably didn't really need robert duvall to play joseph pulitzer they they definitely didn't need Anne margaret to play meta um so yeah I, decisions were made and yeah. yeah this this it just it just flopped uh, pretty hard but i think people that that watched it you know growing up or people that have watched it you know i think it has you know, a pretty, pretty decent cult following still. And in, in terms of musicals, I think it's something that people kind of hold dear to them, you know, no matter, yeah, this, no matter what the reception was. So yeah, this definitely was my hocus pocus. So if you okay. listen to drink the movies episode 48, uh, last week, we talked about hocus pocus. And I think both of us, uh, said, Hey, you know what this, this gets, everybody loves this film it's but it's not our favorite this is definitely the the i think the nostalgia that did not happen with hocus pocus totally happens with the newsies because mm -hmm. i love it um my son loves it he wanted to be a newsie for about a year and a half he i mean he's watched we've watched the play we listened to the music it's just a very um they're not a lot of songs but i think they're pretty well done um I, I, it's weird because it did not do so well. And I didn't know that when we were first thinking of doing musicals uh, mm -hmm. this, for this, the, the musical month of November, I had no idea that it had been panned so horribly because I remembered it so fondly. So um, that's interesting. It's also worth noting that I think um, Alan Menken was the uh original score writer mm -hmm. yep. and his longtime collaborator who was the lyricist Howard Ashman was actually very sick uh, during this so he was not able to really finish it so Mencken had to bring in a different lyricist which is uh, Jack Feldman to help mm -hmm. finish the finish the score out and so I think that might have had something to do with why there were so few uh, songs in the original production Mm -hmm. They do fix that, obviously, in they add more songs, but in adding the songs, they kind of change some of the characters and the dynamics around some of the characters, which I wish they kind of hadn't done. Um, so they don't have a, a Brian Denton at all. The, it's played by a woman who and, and she becomes kind of the love interest of Jack Kelly. Um, and then there's some weirdness where she ends up being like Pulitzer's daughter or something. And it's silly. Uh, but the original movie, in my opinion, is really where it's at. It's a, it provided a really great foundation for. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. And I mean, there's some good stuff in there. We, we talked about kind of the set design and things. The choreography is, is good. Uh, Christian Bale, not, not the best singer and not the best dancer, I will say. Um, I put here in the notes that he's been nominated for four Academy Awards. He's won one, but he's not won any Grammy Awards. <laughs> and you can see why. Uh, kind of the decision to put him in front of all of the 
you know, the big, uh, the big pieces, you know, the big choreographed pieces, uh, was kind of interesting because he definitely looked out of step, but I will give him an A for effort because it looks like he's trying so hard. And, uh, I think that that's kind of endearing, um, in a way, especially, you know, you have this group of kids going there. Um, I will say my other bright spot is, uh, Max Casella who plays a character named a uh, racetrack Higgins. He's always trying to pull one over and, uh, pull these bets on everyone. Uh, he's probably most well-known for being Doogie Howser's friend in Doogie Howser. If you are old enough to remember that TV show, uh, he was on the Sopranos as well a lot, but, um, I like him. He has his own, uh, kind of song that he leads the way on. Um, and it's just, you know, in his voice, uh, which is pretty great. So, uh, liked him. Uh, yeah, it, the characters were were good. The the story's nice. It's it's pretty light. You can tell it's uh, definitely been fluffed up because this is a the kids musical more or less. So yeah. Um. But yeah, it's pretty fun. So let us know out there in Drink the Movies Land if you watch Newsies, if you've seen Newsies on Broadway, um, if you sang the Newsies songs in your high school choirs, or you know, if this was your first introduction to Christian Bale, we want to know all of that stuff, and we want to know if you have a newsboy because we want to know how you liked it, and you know how much grenadine you put with your Jack Daniels. Uh, so let us know that. Send us pictures, all that good stuff on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies, and on Facebook.com/slash Drink the Movies. Uh, if you want to see pictures of ours or get the recipe or episode recaps, any of that good stuff, you can go to our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And if you want to leave us a headline about you know about the podcast what you're what you're feeling about that uh where could they go to that Michaela you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify and anywhere where anchor podcasts are distributed if you like what you're hearing uh on drink the movies you can leave us a five-star review which we really hope you do because it helps us get the drink the movies out there um we love building up this community of people who love movies and cocktails alike so carry the banner for us newsies that's right. Carry the Newsies banner, carry the Drink the Movies banner, and we definitely appreciate uh, you for uh, tuning in. But Michaela, I'm out of newspapers to sell. I'm out of newsboys to drink. And I'm out of songs for this week. We're going to need to reload on songs for next week if we're going to carry on with our musical month. Well, I know just the one to do it. All right. Well, let's go mix up another newsboy. We will figure out what musical that is, give it a watch, and be back to talk about it next week on. Drink Drink the the movies. movies. Seize the day.